Merkel Media. Hey, everybody. Remember that episode 335, Dog versus Dog Man, where we had that guy Kyle come on the show and he shared his most dramatic story we probably ever had on the show about being attacked by a dog man? Remember how I said I was going to go to Kentucky and hunt that dog man in October last year and how me and a team of guys went into the Daniel Boone National Forest looking for this creature? Remember how I said I was going to make that documentary? Well, guess what? Now the time has come. The documentary is here. So listen closely because you don't want to miss the details right now. If you want to be one of the world's first viewers of this legendary documentary, you got to go to Merkel.media. That's not Merkel.media.com. It's Merkel.media. Put that in your URL. It will take you to Merkel Media's website. And there you can register on the website to be a VIP viewer on March 11th, 2022. You'll be able to log into your account on that day and watch Expedition Dogman live with hundreds, thousands, millions of viewers and myself and my team. And then afterwards, we are going to go ahead and go live with a live Q&A where people can actually call into the show. They can ask questions live on the show. They can ask questions in the chat that will be available. They can chat back and forth on the website during the documentary premiere with other viewers. Lots of cool options for this VIP premiere on Merkle.media. So if you want to get that early access and be one of the first people in the world to watch this documentary, the only way to do it is on Merkel.media. Register to be a VIP and get that early access on. Also, if you don't want that early access, you can wait until March 25th where we actually do a public premiere right there on the Confessionals YouTube channel. So if you don't want to be part of the early hype, that's okay. You just have to wait a couple weeks and you can watch it live on YouTube March 25th at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Every showing, March 11th and March 25th, will premiere at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I hope you guys are excited because I'm super excited. And for the next two hours, you're going to listen to me talk with my team of guys that I took to Kentucky to hunt the dog man. And we're going to talk about our experience down there, priming you guys for this legendary documentary. Oh, and also go to YouTube right now, the Confessionals YouTube channel, hit subscribe and watch the official, the official trailer for Expedition Dogman. Okay, now let's get to the show. This was all circulating around the base that a giant had been killed, but no one was supposed to talk about it. I saw three long bony fingers reach up underneath the door, curl up to grab it and then disappear. When he came over to me, dude, he slithered over to me. And this giant comes out of the cave and they're all frozen. And he starts running and firing at this giant. Well, the giant moves. He's got a spear in one hand and he's running really fast and spears Dan and holds him up like this. Somebody yells, shoot him in the face, shoot him in the face. They basically decapitate him. Got closer, got closer, got closer. When he got about 15 yards away from me, I raised that 12 gauge and I blowed his head off. I feel something pulling at my leg. And I look over and there are two small gray entities 
pulling at me. And they're literally, I'm getting pulled off the bed. I reached my hand into this bush and I touched air. Couldn't breathe and I couldn't move because I know I'm seeing a monster. Yep. Welcome to the show, everybody. You're listening to The Confessionals. I'm your host, Tony Merkel. Thanks for being here. If you have a crazy, wild experience you want to share with me on the show, go ahead and shoot me an email. My email address is theconfessionals at theconfessionalspodcast.com. That's theconfessionals at theconfessionalspodcast.com. Or go to the website, theconfessionalspodcast.com. Hit the contact section. You can reach me that way as well. Either way it works for me, just get a hold of me. If you want more shows on a weekly basis, we drop member shows every Thursday. Plus, you get the Tuesday shows ad-free. And when we do the overtime shows, you have access to the overtime segments as well when you're a member, all on the website and the Castos app. So if that interests you, go to the website, theconfessionalspodcast.com, hit the join button and become a member today. Now, we got a different show today, friends. We are just going to get right into it. Fellas, I know I told you before we started to uh, have your mics muted. I think it might be a little inconvenient. So let's just go ahead and unmute your microphones. Uh, We're... I'm a little, um, I, I get a little uh, pet peevy when it comes to audio quality and stuff. Jack can uh, attest to that. But I think today we're just going to do the best we can because I would want the conversation to be free flowing. So we got a, a very interesting, I would say interesting show. We're actually making this an announcement show because a lot of people have been uh, for a long time asking me, actually, since, you know what, I was having people ask me when the Dogman documentary was coming out before we went to Kentucky to hunt the Dogman. So I was, <laughs> I've, having, I've been having a lot of people ask me, well, today we're announcing that we are actually dropping the Dogman documentary. We have a date now, two dates actually. So let's just get the business out of the way. And then we're going to get the crew of guys here because I have my whole team of guys here. And you know what? Let me just introduce them here. We got Jack Merkel, young Merck, my younger brother. We got Christian Roper. We got Joel Thomas and Ward Heine. Uh, guys, I appreciate you hopping on here and recording with me. We're actually recording this at 9.30 at night on Monday. This is going to be releasing in just a few hours. But uh, we're dropping the Dogman documentary. I thought today would be a great day to talk about our journey, where we're going with uh, Legion of Legends, and just, just general conversation and stuff. So I want to let everybody know up front what the deal is. Uh, On March 11th, uh, 2022, we are going to be dropping a VIP premiere. That means it's only uh, available to people who are VIPs, and that's going to be available on Merkle.media. That is the website, friends. I know a lot of people when I tell them Merkle... Well, I don't tell a whole lot of people about Merkle.media until now, uh, but whenever I was talking to potential clients and stuff, because I totally transformed that website in the last 24 hours. But when I was talking to potential clients and stuff, I'd say, Merkle, Merkle.media, like dot com. I'm like, no, it's just Merkle.media. So like the, the media part is like the dot com, I guess. So uh, if people go to Merkle.media, uh, they'll see the whole website there and you can get access to the VIP premiere on March 11th. You got to uh, just sign up, 
Uh, it's $25 for the premiere. And every everything that we earn from the VIP premieres, uh, we are going to be reinvesting it into the next journey. Uh, we've discussed this before and stuff. And so, uh, well, we can talk about it a little bit later and stuff, but it got pricey. It got pricey. I couldn't believe it. I was like, wow. You know, uh, when I was talking about doing Kentucky, I was like, oh, you know, we'll just drive down there a few bucks for gas, put up some hammocks in the woods, hunt dog, man, go home for dinner. You know, it's gonna be great. <laughs> and I was like, holy crap, the, the costs were mounting up. And you know what the crazy thing was is that we had that whole, I had that whole other thing scheduled for later that week and I got cabins for that. And then I, I was like, eh, I'm going home. And so <laughs> I think I still had to pay for it, but I was just like, I missed my family. I just wanted to go home. So, uh, anyways, I'm getting distracted. Jack, keep me on target, man. If I, uh, if I go off t- track too much. Uh, so listen, friends, let's just cut down to it. March 11th is the VIP premiere. If you want to be a, be a VIP and gain access to this special premiere, you want to go to Merkel.media and become a VIP. It's twenty it's $25 one-time fee, not recurring, nothing like that. It's just $25. And then on the 11th, all you got to do is go to Merkel.media and you'll have access to watching the premiere live with us. Uh, that's where we're going to be broadcasting it, right there on the website, Merkel.media, uh, on the uh, watch on the watch page. It's the, the page is actually called watch expedition Dogman, which is what we called it. Now for the rest of the people, the public, we are premiering on March 25th on the confessionals YouTube channel. So if you don't want to be a premiere and you want to wait the two weeks and miss all the hype, just go to the YouTube channel, hit subscribe, the confessionals, and we'll be premiering it there on March 25th. Now, the times for both of these dates will be 9 p.m. It's a Friday each day. We're going to do 9 p.m. each day. I figure that's enough time for people to get you know kids to bed and things like that, at least for the East Coast people. The West Coast people are like, well, I'm eating dinner that time, but I guess I'll skip dinner. Uh, so, fellas... So how you guys doing? Everybody's doing good. It's been a lot, been a little while since we uh, all were together talking and stuff about this. Um, now, I think what we'll do is first off, um, I want to just uh, say something here to Christian. So Christian is the one who cut the documentary. I guess that's the right terminology. Cutting. I, <laughs> in my terms, I'm just like he produced it. He made it. He he <laughs> he, he pushed the buttons sure. and turned the knobs. Um, but. We have a documentary that Christian put a lot of time into, but uh, Christian, how was uh, this whole uh, process for you, man? I mean, like we were out there doing our thing, but I know for you going into this, uh, you had some skeptical opinions and I'm sure you shared on the documentary and stuff as well. But I mean, the process from, you know, committing to doing this with me to today, has, has your thoughts and opinions changed it at all? Absolutely. I think when I first got into documentary filmmaking, it was from a completely different area, a different genre of of filmmaking. Um, You guys are aware, but a lot of people don't know. I spent the last about three years of my life tracking down pirate legends of all things and working with TV shows and and documentaries um, in that. And then Tony gives me a call one day and says, how would you come help me look for a werewolf? And so it was, it was a little bit out there for me. And um, at this point in my life, there is really nothing I won't say yes to if I feel like I can't get an interesting story out of it. And so my mind was completely um, unbiased. I wanted to go in. I wanted to see what this 
uh, eyewitness um, was made of in terms of credibility, uh, what the land was like to, to chase down tangential stories of Kentucky. And we, we surely came across those. And when we got there, we didn't know what would happen. We didn't know the, the structure. Um, you know, we didn't know who would take charge in this way, but everything really meshed perfectly. And we went in with a, a little bit of an idea of, of what story we wanted uh, on the way out. And I'm not sure, sure even that the, the story is um, ever going to have a definite answer with anything that we look into. The, these topics are always evolving. And this one, even after, after we left, there were multiple developments that kept adding on to the uniqueness of this story. But yeah, it's been a really fun ride, very different. Um, I went in a complete skeptic and I'm sure we'll talk about this a little bit, but that second day that we were there, that encounter that we had, um, it's one of those things that I've thought about most days since. And, uh, I'm glad that I got yeah. to share that experience with Joel and it's, uh, it's one of those things that really make you think. And in my relationship with Kyle now, we've become pretty good friends since. Uh, I can say without a doubt, this is maybe the most intriguing project I've ever worked on because uh, I was able to find some answers for myself, but ultimately I came away with more questions. And as a documentary filmmaker, that's something that really bothers you. And so it's, it's a good thing to say that this project will always bother me for the rest of my life, really. <laughs> I mean, good. And, uh, you know, I feel like we really hit out of the park on the, this first one. And, and part of me felt like, oh man, are we, are we doing that whole classic? You hit the home run first at bat kind of thing. And then you suck the rest of the nine innings kind of thing. You know, I was, cause I was worried about that. I was thinking like, man, this is so good that, you know, are we going to have to, like, we have a bar that's setting really high and is this going to be something we, we can replicate as far as maybe, you know, the entertainment value, the, the, all that, you know, and, uh, what, when we were talking earlier this year, when we had our meeting about the future of Legion of Legends, which we'll get into, um, I just felt like the places we were discussing going, especially the, the second place we're planning on going next to, let's just put it at, generically out West, um, like that, I think people are going to absolutely love. And then the, the recent development that I told you guys in the chat thread that if that, if that happens with the other podcast, uh, guy, um, <laughs> you know, like that, that could be huge. And so, um, the fact that we have just those two lined up for this year, hopefully, um, I, I think Legion of Legends is off to a really good start and, and I'll just tell you, and, and this is more for the audience than anything, I cannot believe that, and I keep saying it this way, I accidentally found the perfect team. Because like, I, I the, the, the team was a lot more people than what we had down there. The team was uh, completely different. And then just through different things happening, guys dropped off. And I'm I'm literally left. Joel, when did I ask you to come? Like at what point? Like that was like a, what two weeks or so? Yeah, I think it was like two or three weeks before uh, you reached out to me and said, "Hey, man, I don't know if you'd want to 
And I was like, hell yeah. So (laughs) I was ready to go. I'm always ready for something like that. So yeah, no, it it was very kind of last minute. um, And you were kind of tentative when you asked me to, I don't know if this would be up your alley. And I'm just like, you know, where where are you going to (laughs) be? So yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, cause like, because I, I didn't want to invite anybody that I didn't feel comfortable with, you know, and uh, and I and I was like, well, I mean, I know he's really into talking about the global cabal and and conspiracy <laughs> and, and, and 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 raging against the the raging against dystopia, but um, you know, I I was like, I don't know if, if hunting monsters is up his alley, really, you know. And then I saw your tattoo on your arm with the alien on the back. I was like, okay, yeah, he's he's yeah, he's. <laughs> He's about that life. It's, <laughs> um, but I mean, it just like it, like two, three weeks before we had to be in Kentucky. I'm like, oh, my gosh, am I going to have anybody coming with me, uh, you know, outside the camera guys? And I was like, I, I might I might be in a little a little having a little issue here, you know. And so I just I was very nervous. And then when we go down and stuff, I mean, I had met. Uh, Christian in Houston back in 2019. Uh, Ward, or not, not Ward, um, Joel, you and I spent a day together recording for the show. And Ward, you you and I probably spent about a day talking on the phone together sometimes, you know? Uh, mostly my fault. <laughs> a little bit of a chatty guy, but hey, podcaster here. Um, so I was, I, I had experience with everybody, but I was just like, a week with these guys. I just don't know if we're going to have the chemistry or not. So I went into a very open-minded where I was just like, we're going to really try this, try to do this and we're going to see how it goes. But I think it was like within the first day, I was like, oh yeah, we're, we're, we're finding a groove here. The second day I was like, these are my guys. And then I wasn't sure if you guys were feeling the same way until uh, we got, you know, chatting about things down there. And then when we had the, our meeting on Zoom and stuff and everybody was just like, yep, if you want to if you want to do more of these, let's do it. So, I mean, all that to say, you know, with, with what Christian was saying about going in as a skeptic and this being, you know, a, a very unique project for him. He's got a lot more coming his way because he 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 uh, hitched his boat to me. So, <laughs> I, you know, we're going to we're going to have some fun. Um, but, uh, Ward, we were going into this and, uh, Christian said he was a skeptic. Now my brother Jack is here and I don't know how much he's going to talk because he actually wasn't on the trip, you know, but, uh, he was one of the guys that bailed on me and, uh, decided he, he wasn't, he wasn't willing to, uh, come on this journey. I think he was a little scared. Uh, people who want (laughs) to... Anybody who wants to probe that idea, uh, you can email Jack at theconfessionalsjack@gmail.com. <laughs> so go ahead and email Jack at theconfessionalsjack@gmail.com uh, and uh, ask him why he bailed on this whole journey. Um, but uh, yes, Jack, that's why I asked you for your email yeah, before we started. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, but but Christian is going in as a skeptic. Jack is my in-house skeptic. Like, I mean, Jack is is interested in the topics. He he'll, he likes talking about. It. He likes going on the journeys, all that stuff. But Jack will tell you he does not believe in Bigfoot. He does not believe in Dogman. Is that right, Jack? Or am I putting words in your mouth? No, you're right. Okay, that's what I thought. Uh, and so, like, I you know, Christian kind of became my my Jack for the week uh, with the skepticism. But you know, Ward, you were a little skeptical too, uh, but in a different sense. Like, I think you 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 believed that people were experiencing something, but 
you didn't seem to feel like what they're experiencing might be what traditionally is thought as a dog man, a physical creature, but more uh, of a darker route, right? Yeah. Um, so I had some uh, experience with the product I was working on um, in just strangeness. And I know that at least in my limited experience, it seems like whatever it is that you go looking for is never quite what finds you. Um, but in both of these projects so far, we've had something that you struggle to explain later in terms of, you know, just physical linear cause and effect that we're all used to. So, yeah, I mean, going into it, I had this interest in the strangeness that surrounds Kentucky and Appalachia that I've been pursuing for a while. And, um, I think I, I still suspect that there's something, uh, connected to all of that that's at play here. Um, but I mean, the benefit of that theory is that it's so vague, it can accommodate almost anything that happens. So, um, but the reason for that is because so much strange stuff happens that's not readily identifiable. So, yeah, I thought that maybe uh, one of my hypotheses for what might explain these people's encounters, um, particularly after meeting Kyle and his just uh, his credibility is really difficult to dismiss. And um, so after meeting him and I've heard other stories that I find the people credible. I think that they are describing, um, what they perceive to have experienced accurately. And, um, but I think that that perception could be caused by something other than literally a, uh, you know, a physical material creature that's running around in the woods. Yeah. Uh, that is something that I was kind of, introduced to shortly before I went to Kentucky. I mean, obviously throughout the years of the show, I had um, growing opinions on all how all this stuff works. And when I first started the show, cryptids were physical in my mind. Uh, actually, I lie. I was I was transitioning my mindset because I was really exploring this whole Nephilim angle and I started thinking of the possibilities, but I really wasn't talking a whole lot about it publicly. And um, as the show went on and I, I, I my, my brain just kind of changed on a lot of things, uh, I started feeling that cryptids could, there could be something more to it. Uh, but then when I was doing uh, having a conversation with Josh Turner from Paranormal Roundtable on this show, and he was talking about the idea of metaphysical dog man. Um, it, it, for whatever reason, he didn't introduce like new concepts to me, but the way he said it just kind of like made things click in my brain. And I was like, oh, that kind of really lays out a path for me to really kind of sift through uh, mentally. And I'll tell you guys. <laughs> I'm driving to Kentucky and it's 4 a.m. in the morning and I'm, 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 I'm approaching like somewhere between Harrisburg, Pennsylvania and Pittsburgh. Now I'm coming from the Philly area and I had to drive 
straight across the state and then down through West Virginia just so I would avoid Maryland. So I did, just in case I got pulled over by a cop, I'm not breaking any gun laws. And so I'm going a long way. So I, I turned like a, a, I think it was probably supposed to be like a 10 hour ride to like a four hour ride or 14 hour ride. And um, I, I'm somewhere out there in the middle of nowhere. And I'm listening to, uh, I, I know some of you guys know who I'm talking about. Uh, he, he has a YouTube channel, Tim Pool. And uh, he, he typically covers culture, politics, things like that. And um, it was, you know, beginning of October and they were doing, you know, their usual thing, but they were also talking about, uh, you know, spooky things. And uh, they had a, one of their in-house guys, Shane Cashman on, and I actually uh, was on Shane's show. Like, So Shane started a show uh, through Tim Pool's media company. And I went down in November of last year to their studio and recorded with them. Uh, and I got to know Shane. He's a great guy. But Shane, my introduction to Shane was this, this, this story. So I forget how they got on to- on this topic, but Shane talked about how uh, through his research with paranormal stuff, he uh, came across a woman they was talking with that was um, she was in a school of mystery. Now, uh, people who maybe don't know uh, sc- what a school of mystery is, think Harry Potter, I guess, only less uh, theatrical. Um, it, it, it's, it's literally, they, they have schools that they teach you how to do witchcraft. And, uh, a lot of these schools are very secretive. They're, it's not like they have websites. It's, it's very kind of low key. Uh, I don't know if hers was low key or not, but, uh, you can go online. You can find, um, uh, I, I, there's one really well known one that is online. Uh, anyways, I don't want to go crazy. Um, so back to the story, um, Shane, is uh, talking about how he met this woman. He was talking with her and she was describing to him what it was like in, in this school of mystery, what they're learning. And she said that now we're going to Kentucky to hunt the dog man. And she said to me, or not to me, to Shane, um, that when they were in class, one of the classes was that they were learning how to open portals. And she described how when they would open these portals, things would come through from the other side. and one of the things that she described seeing was an upright walking dog coming through the portal. And I was like, I was like, I'm going to hunt this thing. You know, like, I'm like, I'm, I'm like, I'm breaking my neck, looking in the back seat at my gun. I'm like, I think I need like a ghostbuster gun right now. This 12 gauge is not going to do the trick, you know? And so I was a little, uh, I was a little wigged out, you know, early morning. And, um, that but that but that little story that he shared really kind of um kind of put my brain in a different in a different lane for this whole trip uh because it, it i by the time i reached kentucky i felt like i'm looking i, I was looking at dogman in, in like t- like 10 different ways you know and so i came into a room of guys who uh, had all their own perspectives on this thing. Christian was a skeptic. Uh, uh, Ward was more uh, occultic and uh, in nature. And and Joel, what what, what was your um, assumptions about Dogman? If they're the same, I don't know. But what did you go into this whole experience thinking Dogman was? Uh, probably somewhere in between. You know, maybe your earlier thoughts and how Ward thought. Um, just, just my experience with demonic entities, I know they can manifest in a lot of different ways. And I think that that's definitely a huge possibility. 
um, for sure. I know we had a long conversation on a podcast, one well, our podcast, but it was us talking before we left to go on the trip. And I remember Ward talking about he had been doing some uh, research about lycanthropy, and he was talking about how that. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, Ward, but you know they would put on furs and essentially, you know, put themselves in a state of mind to where if someone came across them, they would project the image of looking like a werewolf or or something like that of that nature uh i i guess in conjunction with uh the spirit world to create that uh probably strength and everything else too but say if you know if me and ward were going through the woods and, and somebody had you know done this ritual we would perceive it as being you know, a werewolf or a dog man, whereas in actuality, it was a human. I, I liked that concept when he brought it up. I thought that was really interesting. And it's definitely something I, I think happens. Uh, but I am of the mind that there is actual, you know, uh, cryptids. Uh, I'm kind of along the, along the thought of it being, you know, Nephilim hybrids. I mean, that's just my personal opinion. But again, I think it's it's such a wide scope of what they could be. And I think there's different um, people have different uh, encounters. And I think those encounters could be different things. I don't think they're necessarily one particular thing. And I think, you know, what Christian and I witnessed in the woods that day was something that I don't know if I could put it in that, in that category of either of those. Yeah. Um, so Jack, let me ask you, I asked the three other guys. Okay. And I want to ask you, even though you weren't there and stuff, uh, you are going to be going on with us on these future trips. Uh, and just, just to let people know, I, I, I throw Jack under the bus because he's my younger brother, but he, he, he had a, a very good reason as to why he couldn't go. I mean, he, we, we sprung a family vacation on everybody in, uh, in August. He had already bought tickets to go on a two, like a two week vacation in Hawaii, I think in November. And so like he owns his own business and he just couldn't afford another week off of work in such a short period of time. And so I, I, I there's no hard feelings between me and young Merck. Um, but <laughs> so Jack, I know you're a skeptic. I know, uh, and I, and I appreciate that. And I like that. I, I don't want to be in the woods with people who are going to be just, you know, hearing a, a chipmunk break a stick and like, what was that? Like, I, I don't want that, you know? And so uh, I appreciate that the fact that I have a cast of guys of all for you that are very level headed with this stuff. I'm probably the most like crazy as far as that stuff goes. It's just like, whoa, 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 whoa you know, like jumpy. But um, so, Jack, given that you're a skeptic, you don't believe that these things exist uh do you what what do you think people are experiencing then do you think that uh it's it's on a spiritual level or or what i mean just kind of throw your opinions out there right now as far as how you stand on not just dogman but the cryptic or the cryptid uh you know topics yeah i mean honestly to go along with kind of what ward and even joel have been saying it it does seem to me like that has a lot more credence in my mind. Uh, but that's also just kind of, you know, the way that I uh, see a lot of things is a little bit more along the uh, maybe spiritual lens or something like that. So I would assume at least uh, that there's credibility to everybody's experiences because you're seeing something, you're, you're feeling something, you're, you're, you know, involved in this situation. 
So I assume that they're they're seeing what's going on, but uh, I don't really have any uh, set you know thoughts on what what exactly everybody's seeing because there's so many different accounts. Everybody sees something slightly different. Um, I've never thought that people would uh, make up all of their stories, but at the same time, I just I've never seen anything. There's never been documentation, so. Uh, that's kind of why I like this. I want to go out and and uh, see what what uh, we can you know maybe drum up in the woods or uh, wherever else we go. There's been, there's been documentation. You just choose not to believe it, but that's another story. Yeah, it depends. I guess. I mean, it depends on what you you think documentation is like. What what credible uh, sources would be? You know, I mean, I I I want to see some. I don't know, maybe uh, in my mind, the things that were not credible are actually credible. So, I, I mean, I think you kind of fall in line with the the, the type that basically you're going to have to see it with your own eyes to believe it. Because if you if you really wanted to look at look around, there's plenty of things that point to the fact that there's documentation. Like, I mean, there's there's professor doctorate level people who spend their entire lives looking at this, like really well-respected people. Uh, you know, I, so... There's there's plenty of out there. It's just, you know, it's about threshold level of belief here. And so, I mean, some people, you know, they have a very high threshold where it's just like, I got to see it to believe it because if I don't see it, I ain't believing it. And, I, and that's you, man, because we were out in the woods. We freaking heard a Bigfoot howl. And, 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 and you know you heard it. And I'm like, what else could that have been, bro? What else could that have been? You don't even know. You when I ask you that question, you're like, I have no idea what that could have been. Well, it was Bigfoot. Definitely not. What? <laughs> you know? Like, like, tell the people, Jack. Tell the people. You heard it, but you still you you don't know. You don't know what it was. You have no idea what it was, but it couldn't have been Bigfoot. I mean, there's a lot of other things it could have been, though. We were in the woods. So Jack, we I've been in the woods a ton. <laughs> Hey, listen, listen, listen. I've been in the woods a ton in my life. You've been in the woods a ton in your life. Here's the thing. I've heard that howl before. Every time I've heard that, it was on a recording and the people were saying, Bigfoot. I've never heard that that vocalization equated to anything outside of Bigfoot. So I don't know what to tell you, bro. Anyways, on that note, we got to take a commercial break. Uh, <laughs> no uh seriously we do though but um i want to remind everybody halfway through this show and stuff i'm having a great conversation with the guys i love talking with jack and he gets me riled up well actually just his presence gets me riled up uh, i love him though he's a great he's he's like literally jack's like my one of my well, he is my best friend and he's one of my only friends so i mean i can't i can't go too hard on him or else i'll be lonely so <laughs> and then you move away yeah, I know. I'm moving to Tennessee. So um, anyways, uh, just to remind everybody, the VIP premiere is on March 11th this year, and that is going to be accessible on Merkle.media, not Merkle.media.com. It's Merkle.media. Put that in your browser, Merkle.media. It'll take you to the website and you can sign up to be a VIP. It's $25 a ticket. And when the 11th comes of, of March, just go to the website and you'll have access to the documentary live premiere. You'll just have to make sure you're signed in. If, you, if, you're, if you're logged out, just remember your email and password and you can sign in. Uh, for everybody else who does not want to uh, you know, get the early access hype 
going. That's fine. We're going to be premiering it on YouTube on March 25th, live at 9 p.m., both days, 9 p.m. So on the 11th, show up at 9 p.m., on the website and you'll have access to it. We're going to go live on the YouTube ch- or on the website. We're going to drop the documentary. And then afterwards, we're going to, um, God willing, technology work out fine. We're going to do a live Q&A, probably through Zoom and uh, be able to answer your questions. And hopefully I can have my phone lines open so people can call in, ask questions. And we're going to have a live chat box on the website so people can be chatting in, the, in there with other people and uh, asking questions through the chat. Maybe Jack will monitor the chat and stuff because um, I, I know if it's my job, it's not going to happen. So uh, <laughs> hopefully hopefully uh, Jack can hold down the fort on that end. But um, it's going to be a great time uh, on the 11th, kind of really premiering this, this work that we did that we really had a great time doing. I like I, I literally... I'm telling you, like, I, I really feel like we have a really cool product here. And the next few trips that we're planning, I think are going to be home run grand slam trips if we can pull them off. Um, the one place, uh, legally, we can't just go there, I don't think. I think we need to make sure we have permission. Uh, unless you guys are cool with getting arrested, then, you know, I'm down. Let's roll, you know? So let's have some fun. Uh, but, you know, I can tell him Ward's face, he's not down with that. So uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Anyways, so the guy that carries the rifle. <laughs> it's a week in prison for you. It's... <laughs> <laughs> So I can imagine how this goes down. So if we actually did something like that, uh, Ward, like <laughs> the cops show up and Ward just like tosses the AR to me. He's like, here. <laughs> so anyways, we got a lot of great trips planned, everybody. But uh, first off, we need to show you the Dogman uh, experience, which is going to be called Expedition Dogman. And it's going to be a VIP VIP premiere on Merkle.media on March 11th at 9 p.m. Go ahead and get your tickets today. Now, on to the business of the business. Friends, let's talk about a great sponsor we have coming up here, and it's a new sponsor, Start Mail. Uh, we well, Let me ask you guys this. You guys are here, and usually I don't have an audience when it comes to uh, commercials. And this, uh, Let me ask this question directly to Joel, because I know this is right up his alley. Uh, Joel, do you think that your free Gmail account is a secure email service of complete, utter privacy. Absolutely not. Oh, well, I would say <laughs> I would say I agree with you, my friend. And uh, so do our friends over at Startmail. And that's why they have offered people a very secure service when it comes to email providing. And a lot of people, you know, I, I, I don't like, I don't think this, this way. I know Joel doesn't think this way, but I think that just like normal people, people who don't think about this crazy stuff all the time. I think that they, they're like, Oh, I deleted my email. It's cool. It's, it's gone forever. It's, you know, uh, you know, no harm, no foul prove, you know, prove it kind of thing, you know, like it's gone, prove it. It's never gone because they collect all this stuff and they save everything. And especially Gmail does this. And so like, if you're going to, um, want privacy in your life, you got to make sure that you're covering yourself on the digital end of things when it comes to your email servers. And that's where Startmail comes in. Uh, And 
what's great about Startmail is it's in, it, they also offer encryption. Even if the person you're sending the email to does not have encryption, you can encrypt the email on your end, which is a great thing to for everybody, really. Um, and also, what I would say is that they own their own servers. So that means that when um, censorship comes, uh, let's rewind here. Um, recently in the news... Some government, I can't remember who, was talking about monitoring bank accounts of their citizens to make sure that they get everybody who was participating in something. I don't know. It escapes me. But I, I would say, I would say, <laughs> I would say that um, monitoring you online is becoming very popular, and you want a company who's going to fight for your security in that sense, and uh, also own their own servers so that they can't be shut down. Uh, we experienced that about a year ago with the social media platform Parler, and they uh, got shut down because they didn't own their own servers. They ran their servers through Amazon, and so Amazon said no more, and they were gone. They were deleted, not with Startmail. Startmail owns their own servers. You don't have to worry about it. And they're not in this country. So they're not, you know, having to kneel down to the Patriot Act. All that said, friends, you definitely need to start uh, thinking about your security online when it comes to your email providers. If you have a free email service, it's not because it's just very kind of them. It's because you're the product. They're taking your data and they're selling it. Every information that you put out there, it's theirs and they're taking it and they're selling it. So make sure you're secured online. And right now, start securing your email privacy with Startmail. Sign up today and you'll get 50% off your first year. Go to startmail.com slash confessionals. That's startmail with a T, S-T-A-R-T, mail.com slash confessionals for 50% off your first year. Startmail.com slash confessionals. And guys, last thing before I get off this topic, because it actually kind of went a little longer than I imagined, but I will say that my experience with Startmail has been very smooth. Uh, The interface is uh, incredibly easy to use. If I think like 90% of the people out there use Gmail uh, or have a Gmail account, they're familiar with that setup. Startmail, very similar. And what I love about it is you don't have to really look around for that encryption thing. A lot of like, I really enjoy the encryption option. It's just a little toggle switch right on the top right hand corner of the screen. You hit that toggle switch, encrypted. It's absolutely great. So everybody should go ahead and check it out. If you're looking to secure your email service, uh, check out startmail.com slash confessionals. All right, guys, back to the fun stuff. Uh, Listen, we were just talking a little bit before we went off here because Jack brought it up um, that Ward had these different thoughts and opinions going into this this journey um, that really kind of enlightened all of us. Uh, And Ward, if you could, um, it, it, I don't know if I don't know if you can um, go into great detail or anything, but the the uh, I think Joel mentioned it when you brought up down there in Kentucky about how like there was this ritual that you had read about and the the, the putting on the skin. Like, if you could kind of talk about that, because I think it's it's a very fascinating line of uh, thought. Yeah. Okay. So this is this is pretty crazy. And anyone could clip this and it's going to sound crazy. But uh, are any of you guys familiar with Kenneth Grant? I'm going to say yes. (laughs) All right. So Kenneth Grant uh, was Aleister Crowley's personal secretary who wrote a lot of books about Crowley's experiences. Um, One of the things that he wrote uh, detailed Crowley's uh, travels in America, um, which probably coincidentally, right? Uh, took him through Kentucky. Um, 
And Grant talks about Crowley's theory that the Adena and the Hopewell cultures, the mound builder cultures, had opened a portal, like you were talking about, Tony, having this lady talking about things coming through the portals. Um, Crowley theorized that the Adena and the Hopewell cultures had done this. Um, and that could be a possible like underlying explanation or reason for why the area with all of these mounds that the Adena left um, is so active with the high strangeness stuff. So given that, um, I also came across in sort of researching this, I was looking for what sort of occult uh, symbolism uh, we might be looking for if, in fact, my hypothesis about people doing these lycanthropy rituals was was possibly what's going on. Um, I came across a book by, I can't remember the guy's name, but he's uh, it's like a professor at Harvard, I think, um, who engages in lycanthropy rituals. Um, so he's written an entire book about how he pursued becoming the werewolf. Um, and in the book, he does, he does not claim that he physically transforms into a werewolf, although he hints that there have been physical changes brought on by this ritual working. Um, but he describes, uh, several different rituals, one of which, uh, to the, uh, goddess Hecate, uh, or Hecate, the Greek, uh, feminine divine that's related to just the feminine and divine in general worshiped by Wiccans and witches of all sorts. Um, but Hecate's, uh, symbols, her sort of, um, things that you would see. So the thing that you do a ritual invoking Hecate and, and then something comes across your path. One of those things is the black dog. Uh, which is real similar to the dogman stuff, right? And so, um, given this theory um, that this area is in some way, I don't know if you want to think of it as uh, one of Keel's window areas or that the veil is thinner or that um, whatever these things are more active here because of the ritual history of the place that goes back, you know, time out of mind outside of what we have recorded history. Um, it, it seemed plausible to me that someone could be, uh, tapping into that, pulling, pulling that kind of thing through and having a greater effect maybe than they would somewhere else. So do you think that, and this is a question for anybody that wants to take it, uh, do you think that there really is legitimacy? Because like you mentioned about um, Kenneth Grant and, and the tie to Ken Ken Kentucky, uh, do you guys think that this area, Kentucky, West Virginia, and I, Ward, I, I actually know that you have an opinion on this, um, but do you think that there is a, a real uh, legitimacy to um, some of these these legends that are coming out of this area being tied together maybe? Uh, I know Hellier, the Hellier crew had their own thing going 
And, um, you know, it, word, you're like, you mentioned it earlier, but you didn't drop the name. Dude, drop the name, promote, promote what you're doing. Uh, like, like you're working on your own, uh, uh, video series, I guess is what TV show. I don't want, I don't know if TV show is the right terminology or not. It's a docu-series. Yeah. Docu-series. That's what it'd be. So like, I mean, and that's based out of West Virginia, but th- it seems like there's this whole mysterious tie to this area. Uh, quite honestly, it's part of the reason why I'm planning to move to Tennessee, uh, because I want to be closer to it. So I have more access to it. Um, but th- there's, there's just this whole thing. And, and Ward, even earlier before we started recording, you mentioned about, uh, the, the podcast Penny Royal and uh, I guess season two. So if you can kind of, uh, maybe Ward, you lead in on this. And if anybody else has any, co- uh, thoughts and stuff, uh, please chime in. But Ward, what are your thoughts on the general area and if there's legitimacy to it? But also, uh, you mentioned about Penny Royal and uh, I guess the occultic angle or something like that. I couldn't remember what you were saying. Yeah. So um, I grew up in, in Southern West Virginia and uh, I didn't realize growing up there is just kind of... Um, accepted or taken for granted, I guess it does feel weird now going back, but it, at the time, of course it didn't. Um, but I think that there's something related to the mental health, uh, crisis and opioid epidemic. That's more than just material cause and effect. I think that there is something spiritual to that. And I think that it hits um, Appalachia particularly hard, not only because of being post-industrial, post-coal mining boom, um, but also because there's some uh, thing, principality would be the term in my faith tradition we would use for it. There's some, um, you know, spiritual power here uh, that is dark and influencing people. And I think that the, the causality flows both ways. I, I don't want to come across as if I'm saying, you know, everyone that has a mental health issue is a demon behind on their shoulder or, um, that the other way around that it's entirely just brain chemistry. I think there's, there's an interrelated causality going on there. Um, and so one of the, when you start looking into just high strangeness in the area, it all, it all ends up connecting in a, in weird ways. So the thing that uh, we're the thread that we're pulling on in Dark Holler, which is my uh, docu series I've been working on, um, I think is attached to the same web that uh, Hellier is pulling on, that uh, Nathan Isaac and the guys in Penny Royal are pulling on. I think that um, there's a though we can't see it, we're all sort of touching ends of the elephant, like blind men in the room with the elephant touching ends of it that we can't, um, that seem separate until there's these weird, uh, synchronistic things that happen that cross over. So, uh, one of those things with the, um, with the dogman thing that was interesting was, uh, the, uh, one of the characters or the, the people in the docu-series, had engaged in worship of uh, Lilith, which is a night goddess, divine feminine figure. And Hecate is very closely related. And in fact, she named Hecate to me as one of her, um, one of the things that she had interacted with. 
and then to find uh when started researching this dogman thing that um hikate worship is you know linked to this lycanthropy stuff uh it was i don't know it was an interesting um attachment and then going back and looking at footage and finding places where like maybe a dog shows up and it would be a dog is just a dog until there's you know some network of meaning behind it so um yeah i guess the the overall uh contention that i'm trying to make is that nothing i don't think anything's an accident and if that's the case then it either has meaning or it doesn't and so you get into this weird like nearly schizophrenic kind of uh looking at, at synchronicities and being like ah well that's that's something so i don't know if any of that makes sense or helps or whatever but that's my stab at, at attempting to ask answer what you're asking beautiful beautiful mm-hmm. so uh joel do you have any comments on anything like that yeah i just to kind of piggyback on word a little bit i mean i'm probably going to go more conspiracy road a little bit but i do think there's uh a lot of especially in national parks uh, people that have done research in national parks i mean there's been a lot of reports of portals and a lot of government activity when it comes to entities that move in and out of these portals almost like a control uh over the portals if that makes any sense so um i think there's a lot of that going on too uh in combination with what ward's talking about so i would agree right i would i think that that's quite possible if if that reality is there i think there are people within i mean we know we have documented church committee 70s like we know that the intelligence agencies looked into this kind of stuff and that there are people like michael aquino is a real guy um so, you know, I, I agree. I think that the the state, you know, the military industrial complex has probably got fingers in in this if it's if it is part of the reality we're living. I find it fascinating how governments worldwide, not just our government, but are so anti religion, but yet are so intertwined with religion at the same time, their own form of religion, if that makes any sense too, a different kind of entity they're worshiping without going too deep into that. But uh, I think when we start getting into these places, um, like you said, pulling the thread, you know, we got into that, you know, national park and the deeper you get into these places, the more you're going to run across. And where you said it perfectly at the beginning of this show you go in there looking for one thing and you're going to find something. It might not be what you went in there looking for. And I know Christian can attest to that with me running across something that we have absolutely no idea what that was. Yeah. So uh, on that topic and stuff, let's, we're going to keep it general uh, because I don't want to spoil it for people, but uh, with that, Let's just talk about how that event on day two, what you guys, what you guys experienced, because uh, Joel and Christian, you guys experienced it together. Joel, you experienced it first, and then Christian experienced it with you the second time, uh, back to back. Uh, what? And we'll start with uh, Christian here. Uh, what was when you got it, you went through that experience, and then immediately after 
Okay, so like not like a day or two or a week. Immediately after that experience, we're standing there, we're talking about it. you and Joel are relaying to everybody what you experienced and what you saw. Um, in that moment, you and Joel actually walked off. And this is looking back, I'm like, what was I thinking? Like, what? Why did? Why did we ever give the blessing to this? Like, the, the, like. Like something just bizarre, crazy happened. And I'm like, yeah, go head off by yourselves in that direction. See if you can circle around and cut it off and send it back this way. We'll, we'll be ready for it, guys. Go ahead. You know, like I'm thinking to myself, well, what was I thinking? But the fact is in that moment, I think the adrenaline took, adrenaline took over. We're like, we're here for a reason. Let's go and see what we can figure out. And you guys went off alone to circle around this hillside to see if you could cut off whatever that thing was and send it back our way. In that moment, Christian, what were your thoughts about everything? Because you're going into this as a skeptic. You saw something bizarre and crazy. Where were you? What, what were you feeling in those moments where you're like, were you confused, excited, uh, convinced? What, what was going through your mind, man? Uh, the first few seconds were confusion. Uh, it's something between reality and what my eyes were seeing there was no connection there. Um, and then I noticed cues from Joel. We had seen it independently and we had seen this at two different levels from two different distances. And we confirmed it later. And those, those first few seconds first, I mean, one second, even my mind said, this isn't real. This isn't real. And then I see Joel give, cues that he's seeing it too and then the the fight or flight response kind of goes away and i have nothing but adrenaline and we're there in kentucky and you guys can attest to how difficult that terrain was to to hike really we uh that first day i think the first five minutes of walking we were exhausted and uh yeah we had no clue what we were in for when we, when we did our pre-production meetings, we, we thought, you know, we can drive to the spot, get out in Kentucky. Everything went wrong. Um, <laughs> it was, it was a beast that week, but the, then the adrenaline hits, you know, I was unarmed the, the entire week, but I had maybe the, the best defense of all when you're hunting the paranormal. And that was a camera. You know, no, nothing ever shows itself to a camera, so I felt pretty safe. <laughs> and uh, Joel was armed, and, and I don't think any of us were thinking, none of us expected that to happen. We didn't even expect to go that route that day. We didn't expect to end up at that spot. Just by chance, we stopped there, really to take a break. Um, it happened in a moment where we weren't, where we weren't even expecting anything. And we walk and uh strange stuff started happening then too and my mind it was just it felt like i was a cinematographer in a conflict zone if you aren't sure what's going to be around the next corner um it wasn't anything it certainly wasn't anything that intense but it, it surely has to feel something like that where every corner you don't know if the most unbelievable sight is going to be in front of you, you don't know where the next sound is going to come from. You don't know where the next image um, that really burns your mind is going to come from. And so I was two feet behind him with with his uh, with a shotgun, 
and um, hoping that we didn't run across it. But also in the back of my mind, I was really, really hoping to to continue the the good luck or bad luck that we had just had right then. And <laughs> it was just weird. One of those things to where either you wish the answers would have been a lot more clear in that moment, or you wish you would have never seen it at all. But when it falls in the middle, you constantly think about it and it just bothers you. Does it still bother you today? Yeah, I think so. There was a feeling that I had and uh, just doing what I do, like, for example, earlier in the year, um, I had I was swimming in Florida and we were swimming very close to sharks. And I've also, you know, been very close to alligator, um, all these different animals. And no, none of those, being in close proximity, ever gave me, like, this primal fear that is just it's it's genetic in 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 all humans and none of the experiences that i've ever been in gave me that really that fight or flight response and that i mean i was i i don't even think i told you guys this but when in the week after i was shooting another project and i was at um a friend's house shooting this project and that's when ward sent the video he had found a video of something similar and he sent that and i I saw the preview for three or four seconds and it was exactly what we had what we had seen and i start tearing up and i get really shaky and my friend she's like what's going on I, i couldn't explain that uh how it felt to know that someone else saw the exact same thing. Now I can attest to, to what that was. Maybe that was completely explainable, but to see it again in, in, in the a different context in a different state, um, that was really kind of an intense anxiety filled moment for me. Yeah. I, I it, you know, um, your description of how you felt, uh, how, how'd you say, dang it, I'm gonna, I'm gonna I forget, like you said, you felt like you were in a, a conflict zone filming or something like that. Like, like that was something that, like, very descriptive, very descriptive. And, and taking me back to that moment as somebody who didn't see what you guys saw, uh, I felt like that just because all of a sudden the seriousness of the environment just went to 10, man. Like me and Kyle were up that hillside. So the reason why we were back there is because we were looking for the water tank out in the woods that the government put in to feed the animals because we thought it'd be a good spot to bait for a dog man. And so me and Kyle are going up that hill and that's when you guys call us. You're like, come back, come back, come back. I'm like, what is going on? And when that happened, like everything just went elevated. It was just like, like we were... We were deep into the in, into the Daniel Boone, like deep into the Daniel Boone, and and for the most of that hike, we were just trotting along. It was a daytime hike, getting familiar with the land, and you know we're just talking, and and it was just it was good, you know. And then all of a sudden, 
the environment changed and it got real serious. And then we go back at night to that location and crazy things happen that night uh, with Joel and, and Ward. And like, it, should I tell the story? I'll tell the story. And then we'll go. We'll, actually, no. But I'll tell the story. I'll, I'll, I'll tell the story. I'll tell the story, but I don't want to get too sidetracked because my brain goes everywhere. I'm, I'm a little stupid. What is that, uh, is that VIP knowledge the, only? <laughs> Maybe, That's the selling Maybe point. we should make a VIP only. VIP. <laughs> Maybe we'll do VIP. That's what we'll do. <laughs> <laughs> what a what a night let's just put it um uh let's just uh hey i'll say this though without you giving away yeah i just remember when that was going down and it was dark and i just remember ward walking up to me holding an ar leaning into me he's like i don't really feel good about us right now <laughs> <laughs> Hey, man. <laughs> well, not only that but that one rule that uh dark waters yes. gave us yes. tony yes. somehow that's right <laughs> he was laughing about that the whole time he was like the one rule he told us not to do <laughs> oh listen man like i listen i, I marched to the beat of my own drum uh, i any, anybody can t- attest to this you tell me what to do you tell me to do something i'm gonna tell you not don't tell me how to live my life and so <laughs> <laughs> I'm going in when I gotta go in. So uh listen, we'll we'll make that VIP. That was a funny uh story now that we can look back on it and stuff. Uh and now we're all safe at home. Uh but Joel, in the moment uh of this bizarre experience and stuff, and like kind of like where I let let Christian take over, we're all together, you're relaying that information to us and stuff, like what was going through your mind? I mean, and and I'll let you finish. All right, go answer this question, but I'll tell you what, because I, I already know how you're going to answer this. Uh, that your response to the environment in which we found ourselves in after that event uh, cemented in my mind that if we needed somebody to hang off a cliff, you were going to be the guy to do it. <laughs> yeah, when it went down, I mean, I, I was ready to go. So I'm, I'm going to chase anything down. It's just my personality. Uh, I, I will say this, man. Christian is a beast because I remember getting ready. I was like, let's go. And he's like, I'm good anywhere you want to go. I mean, it might have been the adrenaline talking. I don't know. But he even told me later on that night when we were hanging out talking, he's like, listen, man, as long as you got the weapons, I'll be right behind you and I'll film whatever <laughs> you run up on. <laughs> so it was, it was pretty good, but yeah, he, he rolled right out with me and I was ready to go. I mean, I, I just have a personality that it, I want to see it. I want to run into it. I feel like if I'm going to die, man, what a way to go. You know what I mean? Like I I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that ending of my life like he got killed by a dog man like hey that's cool like hey jack jack's gonna be over here saying prove it (laughs) 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 but yeah i i I will say it it, the incident happened because i was in front i was actually by myself so i was in front of christian uh probably what do you think christian about 20 feet maybe i was ahead of you probably 20 15 Okay. And it happened to me first. Close enough to see your hands. Right, right. Mm -hmm. Happened to me first. You know, I whipped around 
to see if anybody was there and Christian was, and then it happens again. And that's when, you know, we started yelling for you guys. Um, and then I, you know, we were like, we're going to chase it down. So, uh, Christian, and I took off. We had some other wild stuff happen. Um, I want to say this, uh, you, you know, during when that happened, um, and, and I'm sure it'll be in the documentary and this isn't giving anything away, but Kyle broke down at that moment. If you guys remember, like he actually was shaking, he was on the, on the path. Um, I know that, uh, Tony had to console him and I'll say this, man, there was something in that area that was heavy. I mean, I, I, I've, you know, in, in my experience with, you know, entities and things, I, I know when something's heavy and I can tell you right now, it was heavy in that place. And anytime we went around that area, it was heavy that night when Ward and I had our experience, it was heavy. Uh, you know, when Christian and I took off, when we were, we were a long way away from you guys too. We got pretty deep out there by ourselves and it was heavy. And there's definitely, you know, whether it's metaphysical or physical or a combination of both. I mean, there's something or a lot of somethings in those woods. And yeah, we definitely, we definitely made contact for sure. I, I, um, I think there's a lot in those woods and not just in Kentucky, but in that region, I think there's a lot in those woods. Uh, and, and I would, I would just say that when we went out there, we went to that specific location. We almost skipped that location. If you remember, we, we almost went the other direction. Uh, <laughs> and, and it just makes me wonder what would have happened if we skipped that location when we've had any kind of action that we had, it's just, it was so random, uh, how it happened and, and the time it happened, just perfect timing. Um, I whatever <laughs> what you guys saw I don't think I don't think it was expecting anybody to be back there. Uh we we were way back there. Uh the so originally when we went down there Kyle said, you know, first week of October they opened that gate, we can just drive right back there right up to the location and we're good to go. Well, we get down there, the gate's locked. We're debating, do we get bolt cutters and things like that? We wind up hiking in, and which took way longer than we expected. And uh, we're hiking all around. We finally get to an area that we wanted to be at. It's like two, three hours later. And, you know, it's it just the, the the odds of the, of that all coming together when we were planning on driving in, that, that affects the timeline, all that stuff. And then I, I just feel like whatever that was, was like not happy we were there. It didn't expect us and it didn't retreat because when we went out at night, it was still there. And, uh, I mean, as far as I think and I'm concerned and, um, what me and Christian, I can't remember. It's been so long since we filmed. Did, did I talk about on the documentary what me and Kyle were seeing when you guys went off? Yeah. I can't, I feel like I, I feel like I forgot to talk about that. Or did I? Yeah. So there, there are two kind of separate incidents going on. And when Joel and I got back, we had some odd occurrences on the way back. Um, and then when we kind of got back to where we were, 
you were freaked out because we were so in the moment that we left without even radios. We couldn't communicate back and forth. We didn't know yeah. what was going on with you guys. Um, and part of it, uh, part of what really solidified my trust in uh, Kyle's storytelling um, and solidified the idea in my mind that he experienced something, whether he retells it as it exactly happened. I don't know, but he definitely believes uh, that, that something happened is when he experienced what I would not describe as anything other than a PTSD episode um, right after that. And I remember coming back Yeah, and uh, we've, we've got a little stuff out there of Joel investigating later. And we heard uh, we had several different mediums of, what we thought may be evidence after that you were seeing things. Joel was hearing things. Um, it was just a strange place. And that was not even the, the original place that we were going to go to at night. Right. And yeah, night, I mean, like we, we were, we were planning on, we were planning on being somewhere totally different and it's just so random. Uh, I, I, what I was referring to was, uh, and I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna tell this detail because I honestly don't know if he even made it in the documentary because I don't think I talked about it because I might have forgot. Uh, but um, when you guys went off and did your thing, you know, uh, hunting the dog man alone with no radios, uh, it was so stupid. But I, I like we got we we got to be more organized next time with this stuff, guys. We got to have a little, a little bit more of a, I don't know, discipline. Um, but. You know, I'm back there with Kyle, and, and like you said, Kyle really took it hard, and um, you could tell he was going through a PTSD. Um, when he kind of started calming down and relaxing, uh, him and I are standing there, and and at this time, uh, uh, Christian and Joel, they're gone. We don't know where they're at. We're hoping, you know, we either see him again or we hear gunshots, so we know where to run, like something. Um, at this point, Ward goes off on his own, but he was in within vision of myself and Kyle and he's going up the the hillside of where you guys saw it kind of on the opposite side and angle kind of like circling in um and during that time me and Kyle are standing there and if you guys remember there's like all that like down trees like I don't know if it's multiple trees or one big tree but it's just like a lot of like fallen trees in that area um we saw Kyle saw it first and I saw it myself but Kyle saw uh he called it eye shine uh, and it was, but, but I don't, I don't define it that way. Uh, because to me, I, I, there was like, we weren't shining lights. It was broad daylight. It was a sunny day and we were standing there and it was just one light, but it was, it was, it was like, it was like somebody was, it was in this brush and they had an led flashlight and they were turning it on, shining it at us. And then, uh, they would turn it off. And I, like when I like I literally walked over to it, couldn't see anything. But when we were standing there looking, it was like they they turned it on for a little bit, then it would go away. There's no breeze, no wind blowing, so it's not like leaves are blocking out the light or anything. It's just it's on and then it's off, and then it's on and then it's off, and it's not moving around. Nothing. There there was there's like you guys can attest to this. Did you guys see any trash out there? It's not like there was a there's some kind of balloon flickering in the trees or something like that. Like I didn't see any trash out there. I went over to the location where we were seeing this. I didn't see anything. Like I'm standing right there. I'm like, what was making that? I have no idea. So that's something that we saw while 
while Joel and Christian are off hunting the dog man and Ward's off by himself on the hillside with his AR <laughs> hunting the dog man. And I'm, we're down there looking at, you know, these lights in the forest and the broad daylight. Like you think about lights in the forest and like nighttime lights come in, you know, though this was broad daylight, like this just bright light in the forest, broad daylight is very bizarre. Um, so yeah, I, Jack, you got any thoughts? Because I, <laughs> I have no idea how I got on that. I think I, oh, that's right. I wanted to share because uh, I, I'm not sure if it made it to the documentary and stuff. So, um, all right. So let's uh, let's kind of ch- change pace here and stuff. We kind of really teased this documentary and stuff. Uh, but I, I do want to make one note based off of what we were talking about earlier uh, with you know the the conversation with Ward here. Um, that there, there is uh, so. Bill Schnoblin, I had him on the show. Uh, he claims to like he w- he was a, a like a satanic uh, uh, priest, wizard, uh, witch, whatever. And um, he says that when you reach a certain level, you choose what whether you want to become like go into vampirism or a werewolf. And he said that he met a man years ago that told him if you ever got to that level that he should choose vampire because becoming a werewolf is one of the most excruciating, painful things you would ever go through. And so like there's that occultic tie to uh, this whole this whole topic right there uh, is what people are experiencing uh, kind of along those lines. Um, Now, being going the vampire route, Bill uh, says that like he I think he was he was at least for months he was just only eating wafers and human blood so like he would actually I believe if I remember correctly he would actually have uh, like women come over to his home and he would bite down their neck kind of thing and drink their blood uh, as like as like a ritual but also eating these like wafers or something that's all he consumed Uh, and it was like this whole process of of becoming a vampire. So I, I just don't know what the process would have been for uh, the, the whole werewolf angle. But, you know, with what Ward described the stuff, maybe there's some kind of tie in there. I don't know. Um, but all that said, guys, uh, I kind of talked about it in the beginning about how much I appreciate you guys and how this kind of all came together. Um, but let's talk about just kind of in general, um, you know, this is more like a, this, this part right here, let's just make it a, a brainstorming session. Just like a, almost like a, like what, what I call Jack when I was talking to you on the phone, a dream session. Uh, dream yeah, session. like, like, so, you know, I don't, I don't really play games and, and hide who I am and stuff. I, I'm, I pretty much am who I am. Uh, and I, I, I dream I'm 36 years old and I have dreams in my life and I, I, I talk about them and I, 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 like I'm like a little kid, you know. Like kids are like, one day I'm gonna be a police officer. Like that's that's still me. I I I dream about you know what I plan on doing with life. Um, with Legion of Legends, it started out as uh, literally a uh, a vlog that me and Jack were planning on doing, where we're just gonna go out in the woods, you know, with our two cameras and shoot video and see what happens, you know, and chop it up, make it entertaining, and put it on YouTube. Um, and so that was a ri- the original plan. We have a couple videos out like that. Uh, I'm telling everybody now uh, that what what that was, that kind of format, uh, the audience needs to understand that's no longer Legion of Legends. Uh, that w- I, Me and Jack are going to have to come up with a n- different name for that. We'll figure it out. 
we are not going to bastardize Legion of Legends <laughs> with what we do uh, because uh, what we did in Kentucky is such on such a high level professional professionalism that um, doing any other little thing like that, I just don't like the idea of it. So Legion of Legends is now officially um, documentaries based off of legends we've heard about from the, the confessionals where us five guys go out and we hunt these things down. Uh, going into Kentucky, I wasn't sure if I, if this five cr- man crew here was going to be the crew moving forward. I didn't know if they would want to. I didn't know if it, we'd all get along. I was hoping nobody would argue because I just didn't know. But the the chemistry went so well uh, that we we all committed to you know working together more and and pursuing this. Uh, I want the audience to know that this is not something that we're just taking lightly. Um, we are really trying to do this on a professional level, on a big level, uh, as much as we can. And that's why we're doing the VIP because, uh, when, when I initially committed to doing this, I had no idea what the cost was going to be. Uh, and neither did my wife. She had no idea when she said, <laughs> but I think in, in all, when all, when it was all said and done, I, I spent at least $5,000 on this trip because of all the different things I had to do. Um, and so, moving forward, we we want to produce a really high level quality product for everybody to enjoy and consume, uh, but also so that there's actual value there so that we can afford to go on the next trips. Uh, so moving forward, guys, uh, this is the crew. And uh, I, I guess we, we kind of discussed this a little bit before, but um, I, I'll just kind of lay it out there for the audience to know. Uh, Christian is extremely good at seeing the storyline of what we're doing as we're doing it. Uh, I don't know, Christian, how you got like that. Is that is that just like a natural gift or is that something you had to work on or just from doing stuff so much, you kind of picked that up or what? A uh, little bit of everything. I think uh, Award definitely has that as well. You can see how things start to tie together. Um this documentary itself is is quite airy. This is one where you will feel like you're there with us. Um, really, when we got to Kentucky, we knew that this would be somewhere between above a YouTube video, but below, you know, having fifty thousand dollars to research, go out, get everything you want. You know, we this is very much. Um, no, you spend a lot on it, but in terms of film, this is very much a micro-budget documentary. We were able to still do right. a lot with that. Um, so it's a really cool feeling, and I think we can expand upon it. We can um, improve on efficiency in the future. We can improve on the way that we tell stories. But I think the way I got into it is just research. I've always loved to study people and stories, and uh, I just love where they take you. I love to be, I know you guys came in with uh, preconceived notions of what you'd find, what it, what it was. I really just came with a camera and that was the extension of my own curiosity. Gotcha. Uh, so, you know, all right. So Christian just kind of like downplayed himself, I feel. <laughs> yeah. what, what's up? I do, well, I do want to say... Um, Christian's work is, is fantastic. And, um, it was very helpful being down there, having seen 
some of the stuff that you had done um, previously, Christian, I knew that if I, you know, if we got good footage, you were going to make it good. And uh, I don't think that, I mean, it was very much micro budget. That's true. But I don't think that anything in this genre is out there approaching this production quality. Like it's, um, it, everything that I've, I've seen from the trailers and, and previews that we've seen looks really, really good. Um, and I think I would, as I, as I sit here thinking about it, I would put it up against anything that's out there in this genre for sure. So, you, so go ahead, Jack. I was just going to say as a bystander, uh, someone who is on the outside of this project in particular, seeing the trailer, I was extremely jealous that I wasn't there. And not only did I hear all of your stories apart from what we've already shared on the podcast, I seeing that I was like, I cannot imagine what I'm going to see from the actual documentary. And then, you know, it's just, you, it looks so good. It's ridiculous. So yeah, kudos to you guys, honestly. I mean, like, Go ahead. Uh, one of the rules that we broke that week, and one that I wanted to break, is one that TV is afraid to, and that's to acknowledge that really none of us were crew. We, we didn't make that distinction. We were all investigators, whether we were uh, carrying a camera or carrying a microphone or not. We were all investigators. And so uh, it's very, uh, just like I said, airy you know you've you've got the feel of being there because we aren't afraid to show um i wasn't afraid to show ward filming i ward was not afraid to show me filming so it gives you uh, the feeling of literally being there it reminds me of a lot of um i mean even going back to like the the kind of conflict zone uh cinematography that goes on a lot of that is very rule-breaking um, you're just there with a camera. You don't really have a set job. There's not a beat. That's what you call in the industry, kind of uh, a theme that you're looking to get out of it. We were there following the story. Um, some of us were carrying equipment. Some of us were carrying guns. And that's really what came out of it. It's not um, pulled in any way in any direction. Documentaries, even if they try to be completely in the middle, oftentimes because they are produced by humans, and they are produced by um, selective editing, uh, you can always have a choice of what direction you want to take that. But this is very much, you know, we go and we follow this story. And it's it's interesting to finally put, um, a, a lot of people have heard this uh, this story and imagined what the, the scenario would look like. And I know all of us, when we showed up, we had no it was completely different than what any of us were expecting. And uh, unfortunately we've all, uh, or we wanted to put a face to Kyle, but his face is blurred and, and covered in all of our shots. But other than that, you can really see the environment that he was dealing with and really feel like you're there. It's a, it's a really good film yeah. for a, a person who believes in, in what ifs. 
That's that's beautifully said. Really is. Uh, that's the show, everybody. Christian <laughs> <laughs> just wrapped it up. Uh, but no, you're absolutely right. And uh, you know, just to let everybody know, yeah, you're right. Uh, we we blurred out the face of Kyle because he per his request and stuff. But uh, it is Kyle. You hear his voice. Um, and, but I, I want to just kind of just kind of lay this out for everybody so that everybody understands what what Christian was saying. This was this is very much uh, different than what we've seen on TV because it's not like we have all specific roles. And that's something I kind of started trying to define and stuff when we, when we after, especially after this trip and stuff, I'm like, okay, so we got this guy, what's, what's, what title are we going to give this guy? And it's just like, you know what? We're, we're everything guys, you know, like I don't know how to do a camera, so I'm not a cameraman, but, but you two do know how to do a camera, camera, uh, me, Joel and Jack, we're, we're everything guys. What do you need and stuff? Joel, go jump off the cliff. And if you need help, I'll, I'll go down next and I'll try to help. And, but, but Joel can go first, you know? And so, <laughs> But like, you know, and, and Jack is the last one because I need somebody to tell the tale and uh, raise, raise my kids, you know, <laughs> so like, I, you know, like Jack is the if, if something happens to me and my wife, Jack is the one that's supposed to take care of my kids. So he needs to stay breathing. Uh, but, you, you know, uh, it's really just a very organic feel. Uh, I, I do want to kind of give uh, again, circle back to you, get you to Christian and Ward, um, because the, I think the audience deserves to know this. Um you guys have you I like listen, I didn't go on Craigslist and say I need a local film guy. Uh you guys have professional experiences that you bring to the table. This is not just like oh we lucked into having something that turned out to look kind of professional. Uh, we we have two guys on this crew who have extensive experiences working professionally in these different th- fields. Christian is doing his own thing with treasure hunting, but you've been featured on TV and stuff uh Oak Island, you were on Oak Island and uh different channels like that. You you and and you're working on different things. I'll just leave it at that because I don't know if I can say any more. But you're working on other things, Christian, and you're very professional in what you do. Uh, Ward, uh, you have a history of filming. You still do this. Like, if, correct me if I'm wrong, but this, that's what you do for a living st- still, right? Full time. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, like, like this is what you do. And, you know, I think you said, I think it was, what, 2012 or something like that? Back in the day, you, you actually filmed for Glenn Beck at The Blaze. Uh, I mean, so, like, th- this isn't like... Uh, Ward says, yes, I'm a professional because I went to tech school and I got a, a, a degree, a, a, a credit in film. Like you actually did this on a, on a very professional level. So like, we're really lucky to have you two out in the field with us, because if it wasn't for you two being out there with us, I would be literally out there with my Sony and Panasonic holding it on a tripod, walking around uh, with with crappy microphones and just being like, I guess this is how it's going to work, you know? And so like, that's we'll save that for me and Jack on our solo missions, okay? But Legion of Legends, uh, you two really brought something to the table that, that made me feel comfortable saying Legion of Legends is, is no longer what I was thinking it was going to be with me and Jack it's something totally different like I went this trip took me from thinking that we were going to make this uh Legion of Legends just like I was thinking to oh this is a professional documentary and that's when like my my verbiage started changing I started calling this this is a documentary and like after we came back from the trip and everybody's saying when's the document or, or when's the dogman vi- video coming out I'm like it's a documentary every time somebody said when's the video coming it's a documentary it's not a video this is not it this is this is not uh, anything that you saw ever saw me come out with on YouTube. This is something totally on another level. And I just want people to understand that this is this is for real. 
And so I just wanted to kind of really spend some time talking about YouTube because I really do believe that if it wasn't for YouTube being on this team, we would just be three goofballs with the cameras walking around in the woods, bumping into trees in the dark. I mean, it just, that's, I think that's what would happen. So uh, I just, I really wanted to kind of give you guys respect on that. And those cameras may not have audio. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> oh gosh. Anybody who doesn't know what that reference is, um, when uh, when we heard that Bigfoot howl, uh, it turns out we uh, we had a broken microphone on the one camera we had running because I had turned mine off because I was doing an EVP session with a K two. So uh, yeah, sucked. But uh, anyways, um, this is the team and uh, guys moving forward. I'm really excited about the journeys we have. Uh, if we had things set in stone on the the journeys we're planning and stuff, I would we would talk about them more, but I don't want to give things away, especially if it doesn't wind up turning out. Uh, before we get out of here, though, I want to, uh, one, make sure before I forget, everybody shout out everything you want to shout out and stuff. Jack, you're nothing, so don't worry about it. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> well, Jack doesn't do anything on social media. He like he just hangs out with me. Like, like we already shouted out Jack's email. That's basically what he has to shout out. I mean, he doesn't even like touching social media. So, um, but <laughs> I love you, man. Um, so like I, I would I, I wanted to just touch on this too, and this is another thing that has to be vague. But because I've talked about this several times publicly on recordings that haven't been aired yet, I talked about it on my Christmas Eve show. Uh I, I talked about the new story that I came across. Um, and you guys have a, a behind the scenes look at it. Uh, nobody else does. It, it's just you guys and very few people out there that the stories pertain to uh, that I've had on the show in the past. I've sent them some audio, uh, but we are, uh, I'm working on this new podcast. Uh, it, it's going to be a while guys, because I like, I'm literally in the middle of, I, I just sold my house last week and I'm trying to buy a house in Tennessee, not having great luck. So I might be homeless in two months. So just, just, just be patient. Um, but with that, with that said, um, oh, I, that reminds me of another thing I want to talk about too. But uh, <laughs> th this story, th this story that I'm working on, you guys have access to. Um, it's bizarre. I have a very hard time debunking it because of certain very specific details uh that have been presented that i physically like i personally physically have possession of things that prove certain dates that that back up this whole thing um i just wanted to bring that up because i've been teasing it a little bit whenever it comes up on my show i mean i'm talking to somebody it comes up I just want you guys to either nod your heads or just say, yes, the story's real. I'm not blowing smoke and it is bizarre, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's wild. Yeah. So uh, I think it I'm also, working. Go ahead. I think it also appeals to multiple demographics and multiple levels of belief. For example, like I'm typically, uh, there are certain things that I 100% I believe in. And there are things that I just want to see. This is one of those stories you can follow along um, independently. If you're into um, kind of the psychology behind it, you would like it. Or if you are 100% just looking for a kind of a sci-fi story to follow, very intriguing. I think it, it would appeal to a lot of people. Yeah. 
I, I, I think so too. And I, I'm right now trying, I'm still trying to get that guy in South Africa to talk to me. I don't think it's going to happen, but uh, I, I'm fi- I found some people all over the world that I think tie into this specific story, but there's just so many different paths and angles to go down with thought process. I think that this thing involves a lot of people in this world. I know it involves some people that I've had on the show before, before this story was presented to me, because the, the the parallels of the the stories are st- way too accurate to say that it, it's nothing that it's unrelated. Um, so I just wanted to bring that up. I, I I made a note here. I wanted to bring that up before uh, I ended recording with you guys because you you four are are guys who could back me up saying the story's crazy. It's real. He's working on it. Be patient. Um. So uh, last but not least, before we give shout outs and, and, and drop your your information, and everything, guys, Um. I, I also want to I mentioned a couple of times here that I am moving to Tennessee. Uh, that said, um, one, if there ever is a Tuesday or Thursday that a show doesn't drop, just know that I'm probably moving or I'm, I'm stuck in traffic because I went to Tennessee to look at a house or something like that. It's a 10 hour drive. But uh, that said, this move to Tennessee, uh, I'm excited about being near near uh, Kentucky and the mysteriousness. Tennessee has its own mysteriousness, that whole area. Very excited about that. But also with what we're doing and and like I mentioned earlier about how I'm a dreamer. I dream big and I just I, I don't I come very short of saying uh, I manifest things through my my thinking. I don't really jive with that thought process. Uh, if you do, it's cool. It's just not really how I, I, I think. Um, but I'm a huge dreamer. And I do think that through my dreaming of life and getting excited about it, I do tend to make things happen because, uh, I don't know, I, I take action on things. That said, uh, moving to Tennessee, one of my goals is to um, make this whole thing bigger. Merkel Media, podcasts, podcasting, uh, documentaries, shooting video, all that stuff. And ultimately, what I would love to do is have a commercial building facility where I have multiple recording studios that I can even open up to public uh, for people who want to have a have a podcast, but they don't have recording space, but also video shooting studios, special effects studios, and really take the documentary stuff to another level where the audio is out through the roof, the, the video shooting is through the roof. We can do, you know, different things like, you know, we're shooting video out in the field, but then we also have like this special effects studio where we can do cool stuff as well. Um, that's the kind of the angle that I'm, I'm looking for long term. And I really want to, uh, do this so big that when I go to Tennessee and I I'm doing this, it becomes like irresistible for other content creators. And what I would like to do is turn the area that I, that I moved to in Tennessee, I'm not going to drop the area right now. I'm sure people will figure out eventually, but what I would like to do is turn that area, that city into, um, uh, what LA was for Joe Rogan. So Joe Rogan had his podcast where all his friends were there. They could swing through the studio. They put on a show. It was honky door. They all hung out at the comedy club. It was just like, it was just a hangout session all the time. Like I kind of want this city to turn into that for us as the, the paranormal, the conspiratorial type community, the treasure hunting community, like just the mysterious side of life that all these podcasts, like I, I'm, I'm connected to all these different podcasters and stuff. And I would love to see what I, if I, if I could build something, that phrase of if you build it, they will come. Like I, I just, if I can build something so attractive that 
the other the other people in the community are just like I just I gotta go I gotta freaking get get down there and just be a part of this and so um, that's a little bit of uh, the mind of Tony you know late at night I'm thinking about things and I'm dreaming about life and stuff uh, that's kind of uh, where my my brain is right now I'm really really dreaming big with Merkel Media the Confessionals uh, my other podcast Hammer Lane Legends that I do with me and my dad if you have not checked that show out check it out especially last week's show and this coming or no yeah last week's show and tomorrow's show you definitely want to check those out if you are just please go check it out um but the confessionals hammer lane legends i produce other people's podcasts some of them i can't talk about because they prefer to be you know a separate thing a separate entity just me working behind the scenes but i can talk about macro regressions with charlie robinson uh all these different podcasts i work with i want to do these documentaries it's just i'm really trying to uh go big i i I spent the better part of five years in a tractor trailer building a podcast and 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 just having all this time to dream about life and dreaming where this could possibly go and and why not you know why can't why not me and and I've gotten this far I wanted to go to the next level now and so those are the goals those are the dreams and part of uh, the documentaries is I would like to get them so big that all four of you have no choice but to quit your jobs and come down to Tennessee and work with me full time on making documentaries. I think that would be amazing. Don't you? It'd be great. So uh, listen, guys, let's do uh, around around here in the circle. uh, Drop your social media, what you guys are are doing right now, what you want people to follow. Uh, Jack, we'll start with you. Drop all your, your stuff. All my stuff. (laughs) <laughs> that's why i did it bro that's you, what i did you can tell the follow to, you on instagram yeah you can go to i don't even know what my instagram is so <laughs> tony will put it in the description listen listen let me tell let me tell you guys something jack is the youngest uh, like i think he's the youngest i think he's younger than, than than christian uh but like i mean dude like are are you you're a millennial right i think so yeah 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 and, and you like barely know how to use social media it's just crazy man it's crazy i hate it <laughs> all I right like anyways posts, i like everybody you know i see everybody's posts so i like them there you go there you go so all right you guys can follow jack on social media um on instagram uh i'll put it in the insta in the description and you can uh, also email him uh and tell him your thoughts all right christian you're up man uh you can find me on instagram and twitter at christian b roper a lot more active on instagram and uh, currently finishing a docu-series about a pirate treasure legend in Texas uh, called Sunken Silver. That'll be out soon. I can't and wait. And uh, yeah, a couple other things in development. To be uh, to be announced hopefully soon, but uh, I'm excited about it. And uh, I can't wait to see what, you, what you've been working on. Uh, you've been talking to me about that for years, actually, since we met each other. So I'm really excited to see that thing finally come to uh, fruition. Uh, Joel, man, you got a lot of stuff been going on. Talk about it. Yeah, uh, probably the best place to find me is uh, Instagram. Uh, if you go to the link tree there, you can go to everywhere else. Uh, I've got a lot going on right now on a lot of different social media sites. So you can get there. Uh, just finished uh, the new album. I'm uh, pretty excited about that. I know we've got some plans, Tony, um, next month for the drop and have some other podcasters involved. We're going to talk conspiracies and talk to music, too, which will be pretty cool. Uh, we will get with everybody a date on that once Tony gets settled. And uh, 
and his new digs. Uh, funny enough, uh, Ward and I will be shooting uh, the first music video this weekend for the project, and nice. we'll be shooting a second music video uh, a week or two after that. So we are both in Ohio, so it just kind of works out really well um, for us to get that going. So, yeah, uh, at van underscore Tesla underscore, uh, you can get access to everything I got going on. I got a lot of videos, a lot of things I'm putting out. So, yeah, that's uh, Van Tesla. We had you on the show. We're talking uh, music and everything else in between. Uh, and I, I'll just, you know, you, you hit on it. I would like to do it before we get out of the studio, just because it would look better for the video purposes of everything, because I don't know what my studio is going to look like when I first move. Um, but what we're planning on doing is, uh, uh, like a collaboration with me, you and other podcasters on your YouTube channel. Uh, and we're just going to, it's basically like an album release party. We're going to play some music, have great conversation. Uh, what, so tell people what the YouTube channel is so they can go follow it now. So they don't miss it. Yeah. It's just going to be, uh, youtube.com slash van Tesla one. So it's all together. Uh, you can catch it there. Start following me there. I've got some videos up now. I Ward and I will have the first music video up pretty soon. Cause I just dropped the first single off the album called Joel Psalm. So it's going to be a pretty exciting project. Uh, definitely with you, Tony, and other podcasters, we'll get a, a great conglomerate of different minds of different subjects when it comes to conspiracies and everything else. So I think it'll be a lot of fun. Absolutely. Ward, last but not least, what's up, man? Uh, yeah, you can find my uh, docuseries. It's coming out. It touches on... Uh, demon possession and exorcism and high strangeness and generational curses and craziness uh coming out hopefully first episode the next few weeks um you can find that at uh at dark holler film on instagram and facebook and dark com as a website and yeah i think that's that's pretty much it awesome man i appreciate all you guys being here uh pulling the overtime hours here with me uh, just to let everybody know, you can go ahead and follow Legion of Legends on Instagram, Legion underscore of underscore legends. Follow the confessionals. You can follow me, Tony Merkel official on Instagram. I'm very active on Instagram. So go ahead and follow me there. And, uh, friends, last but not least, uh, before we get out of here, the VIP premiere of Expedition Dogman is March 11th at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, right on Merkel.media, not.com, Merkel.media. Just go to Merkel.media, sign up to become a VIP. It's $25 one-time fee, and you'll have instant access to the private pages where we will be broadcasting live Expedition Dogman on March 11th at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And for everybody else who does not want to jumpstart on the viewing, you can see the documentary on March 25th on the Confessionals YouTube channel at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Friends, thank you very much for tuning in. We really do appreciate you being here. Every penny that we earn from this VIP uh, premiere is going to be going right back into Legion of Legends for the next trip so that we can go and and 
and kill monsters. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be great. <laughs> so <laughs> I just made like half the people just turned off. They're like, oh, he's going to kill it. I'm done. I'm not doing it. Uh, anyways, we really do appreciate you guys tuning in and uh, listening to the conversation. Hopefully you guys gained a lot out of it and uh, it tickled your ears. And until next week, friends, stay safe, take care. And remember, the truth will set you free. But first, it'll piss you off. Bye. My fantasies always consisted of making it big. My soul was nothing more than a bargaining chip. Marketing is what they tell you to do and what you're willing to give. LARPing to the fullest extent. I don't wait, I shoot first like Han on a rodeo. And these people don't understand me like reading a Nokian. Stretch thin, like pulling an accordion. My heart ain't primordium. All these historians telling us lies. Setting aside everything is medicalized. Politicians selling the ride. I better die where the relevance lies. They dressing alike. Reptilians. My resilience is brilliant. I'm I'm here to lead the rebellion on hellion, salient, alien with no melanin. I'm a yeti hiding from Armageddon. Come and find me, I ain't even hiding. <laughs>